Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the podcast where I, Jeff, go through all of Alfred Hitchcock's movies in chronological order. I'm not going to say how I'm still in the middle of the silent era, as I've done every episode. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say that this movie was even more silent than any of the movies I've watched. So, this episode, I'm taking a look at Champagne from 1928, directed, of course, by Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, and uh, as I said, it is a silent movie. Uh, but unlike every movie previously, this movie doesn't have a score. At least the version I watched has zero music in the background. All like, and and if you've listened to the episode of Easy Virtue, Mark laid it out perfectly: is that the music is kind of everything with these. It helps tell the story. And unfortunately for Champagne from 1928. There was no assistance given by the musical score. Uh, and it's not because I had some dumpy version. This is actually the first one I've had to pay out of pocket to watch. I, I rented it on uh, Google Movies and I wanted my four. That's a spoiler. I wanted my four dollars back. I wanted my money back. Apparently, uh the farmer's wife is the only comic relief. Uh, and I think calling it comic relief is even more apropos now that uh, I've gone to watch this movie and there is nothing worth noting. Nothing positive anyway. This might be a new low. Oh, I I mean, I, some of them, it's hard to say like, what the worst of these movies is because I've sat through some pretty bad ones, but every time I sit through another bad one, it feels worse than the one before. And I think I had higher hopes coming into this because I did enjoy the farmer's wife much more than I had some of the other movies, but let's get into the plot. This is another love triangle. Okay. And this, unlike the last movie is not a comedy there aren't any gags or laughs or irate men. Uh, well, there are there yeah, there are irate men, but they're not funny like in the last one. It's not lighthearted and and, and good good clean wrath. Uh, um, boy, and this movie it kind of started off. I got a little hopeful that it was going to be another comedy because it starts off on a boat, a cruise ship, and. Our protagonist now the, the title card of this movie Champagne lists the actors and the names of the characters, but the characters aren't given names in the title card. Uh, they are listed as the girl, the boy, the man, and the father, and that's our four protagonists. Uh, there are a handful. There are actually a lot of extras on this movie. Um, but that's the primary one. Now, the main character, I believe, has is actually uh, I wrote it down here late. I wrote it down here late into the movie. Uh, the protagonist is actually named Betty. Uh, and we know that because at one point, either her, I think her father or one of the other characters says her name to her. So we start the movie with a shot of champagne. All right. This is a very... 
there are some things in this movie where I see Hitchcock trying to be clever. And I think it starts right away with this shot of champagne being opened, pointed at the screen. And then the, the, the water or the champagne hits the, the camera. And then you cut to it pouring into a cup. And the very next shot is you seeing uh, a point of view of someone looking through the glass as they drink the champagne. And then that's all that champagne really happens in this movie. I don't know why it's called champagne and why this specifically happens uh, other than to be champagne. Every other movie. Uh, well, the pleasure garden didn't make any sense. I don't understand that name, but like downhill and the lodger and the ring and uh, the farmer's wife all at least had something to do with the plot. Champagne to me doesn't say anything about what we're going to go through now. So uh, the person who's drinking this is uh, uh, one of the characters who's referred to as the man. I'm going to call him the old guy or old uh, because that's just how I see him. He is an older gentleman with a mustache. But at this point, and again, there's no music signifying any sort of drama happening it's just all silent i actually turned on uh some classical music in the background because it was just too eerie to sit in a room alone watching a movie with literally no sound uh, so i had to turn on some music and everybody starts panicking and you they go outside uh, on the deck of this ship and if you've seen cruise ships there's lots of places to stand around i don't know i've never been on a cruise i've been on a cruise ship once uh but it didn't set sail and what they see is a plane has landed uh, in the ocean of the atlantic and they go out to rescue our protagonist betty uh from this airplane and they bring her onto the ship and as they're rowing towards the, the main ship, you can see her cleaning herself up and getting excited. She, uh, Betty is a party animal. Uh, she gets on the ship and uh, starts eyeing the guys. But there's one guy in particular who has eyes for her. And I will refer to him as Young. It is uh, credited as the boy, but Young is uh, her love interest. She has purposefully crashed. She took her dad's airplane crashed it in the ocean next to this ship so she could be saved and come aboard where her boyfriend is. This woman is loco. I don't understand. I don't understand. I will say this at least uh, as a pro tip. If you want to get a free cruise, get a plane and then crash it next to a boat, a cruise ship, and then go on board. Because apparently you get all the amenities for free. Granted, you have to pay for an airplane that you're going to crash. Like, the plot of this movie is something special. Let me say that. The plot of this movie is nuts. Uh, well, apparently, she comes from another wealthy family. You see a trend with some of these characters. Uh, from all these movies, but she comes from a wealthy family and her dad does disapprove of her being with this man. She even gets a telegram saying, hey, get away from that guy. He just wants you for my money, says 
the dad. Now, the dad is actually paid, played by the same actor who played uh, Ash in The Farmer's Wife. And he's pretty good. You know, it's as good as can be. He doesn't, he's not in the movie that much. Uh, but also taking an interest in Betty is this older gentleman. You quickly see that they, uh, Betty and, and the younger gentleman are very familiar with each other. They're kissing and making out and dancing and she's having a good old party time. Uh, there is a point in the movie where our young gives Betty a wedding or excuse me, an engagement ring doesn't fit on her ring finger. She places it on her thumb. Uh, you know, just to show that they're engaged. They're fairly serious. Uh, there's a scene again, where it's actually done pretty well, where the boat, they're on a boat and it's swaying because of the weather and the camera is tipping and turning. And then the actors are kind of jolting back and forth. Like you would think of on the classic, uh, Star Trek sets, um, to, to show that, you know, there's some motion here and it works pretty well, actually, uh, for something this early. And it makes me wonder, is this the first time this has been done in cinema? I don't know. Did Alfred Hitchcock invent this technique? Maybe. Uh, so the old dude just kind of starts placing himself in Betty's vicinity and she kind of takes it well-ish. I mean, I don't understand how dating is viewed in the twenties, I guess. Cause in these movies, it's, it's nothing like reality that I've seen. Because it seems like there is no loyalty at all. Like, you just want someone else, you just go to them. It's fine. I don't know. Anyway, so she gets this letter from her dad that, uh, you know, he just wants her for his, uh, her dad's money, their family wealth. And she thinks it's hilarious. She even goes so far as to show young who is insulted by this, who thinks, hey, how dare your dad insult me via, via telegram? I'm not here for just your money or anything like that. Uh, she tells him, hey, I've actually arranged for us to get engaged. And he, Young flips out. Like, you arranged. I'm supposed to arrange. He basically, you know, plays the controlling man and storms out. And this boat is actually, uh, this boat is actually headed to Paris. And, uh, once they get there, it's actually a week before she talks to young again. And when she does, she invites him into a party she's throwing. Of course, old dude is there and she loves being the center of attention. She's mentions that she's making cocktails for everyone. And, uh, so uh, along with this, she goes in the back and does like a fashion show, I guess. So she puts on the gaudiest dress you've ever seen and struts around and asks what, uh, what young thinks. And he, uh, I have the exact quote here. And, uh, young says, I've always understood that simplicity was the keynote of good taste, basically saying you look like trash. In I think 1920s terms, you look like hot trash. 
Uh, she gets offended, but only briefly enough to go in the back and take an outfit from her maid, put it on, and it's just like pretty drab stuff comparatively, and come out and almost like make fun of poor people while her maid is in the background covering herself because she's just in her underpants. This is, Betty is not a good person. And so she starts really playing up the whole poor person thing and everyone's laughing their butts off for some reason. Well, except for uh, Young, who uh, is offended, you know, that she's kind of playing it up and she insists on being the center of attention, which is fine. She's allowed to do that. I'm not trying to say she's not. Okay. But he's not that guy. He's much more mild mannered and it, but it also seems to offend him. But you shouldn't be trying to change her. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I, I'm not one to give advice, I guess. But come on, dude. You knew what you were getting. I mean, she crashed a plane to come see you. She's out of her skull. You knew that going in. So she asks old dude who's here, which of these creations that she's modeled is better or the best. And he says, why the person wearing it? Huh? Another Another slick line, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard a few of them from the movies in the past. Guys really delivering the zingers. This is another one. Uh, so she starts, uh, you know, thinking that, hey, old guy's pretty good. There's like this hot and cold thing between her and Young. And while all of this is going on, who should show up at the front door but her dad? And he has some bad news. He's here to let her know that the market has broken, his words, and that they've got no money left. They are broke. And she's been spending money on dresses and crashing airplanes and now finds out that from her dad that, hey, they don't have any more money left. Uh, so at this time, the she kind of kicks everyone out of the party. And Young kind of looks like he wants to talk to her a bit, but then decides not to and leaves. And from her dad i'm from here i'm going to refer to his pops pop sees this and he's like now remember okay that he already doesn't like this dude like he thinks that he's just a money grubber and as soon as he finds out that they're poor young leaves and he sees it right so okay he's justified now i wrote uh this is pretty boring so far here in my notes yeah nothing really great at all like at all. And I, oh. huh, so she talks to her dad and says, Hey, I've got this jewelry. I'll go ahead and sell it. You know, and she immediately goes into fix it mode and she wants to make everything better. So she has a bunch of jewelry she's purchased and she decides to go sell it on her way to sell it. She gets it stolen from her like immediately. And now they have no jewelry. So no way to get money. So now she's like, Oh, I guess I'll get a job. Uh, one, when she comes back from losing this, her dad's given her a hard time and she's like, you lost millions of dollars. Get off my case, which is a fair point. And then right after this, she pulls up, she's, I think she's trying to change the sheets on this bed. And I don't now they're in a smaller slumminant house now because they have no money and she's pulling the sheets off of the bed. And, but she does it in the worst way. She like pulls the whole mattress off and then strips the sheets. And then puts them back on and dad just sits by and watches. He doesn't care. I should also mention 
at this point, I kind of think that her dad's playing a game because he already doesn't like her. And he, or not her, but this boyfriend. And, you know, it looks like a pretty clever ploy. If you think someone's in it for the money, pretend you don't have money and he'll leave. So Betty is still trying to do her best. She's lost her money. She's looking for a job. And she starts baking and she's never had to bake before. She's rich. So she, she cooks something that's like a disc. It looks like a, some sort of coaster and some bread. And uh, dad can't even bite through it. Can't even sink his teeth through it. So uh, he lets her know that he's not hungry. And then we cut to him in a restaurant, a fancy restaurant ordering a fancy meal. So I was right. Uh, you have no way of knowing this. I could have just said beforehand, hey, I suspected this and I could tell it was coming to make me look smart. But, you know, I did. But I got nothing to prove to you. But anyway, so he's still rich. They, they've got money and she, he is playing games. And he's in the, the, the description of the movie says he's doing it to teach her a lesson. But I think he's really just a controlling jerk. Like, if you wanted to teach her a lesson... Just cut her off. She doesn't have any money. She's spending your money. And just say, hey, you need to make your own way. But he has to lie. But I, at the same time, I guess he was trying to get rid of the boyfriend. So uh, at this time, though, the boyfriend shows up. He finds her. And he's like, I've come to take you out of this place. Come and be with me. Uh, and her pride won't allow her to do it. Uh, she wants to make her own way. Hey, great stuff. This, again, this movie, it's not as funny as it was in The Farmer's Wife, but this dude, young, gets angry about everything. And unreasonably, she he gets angry because she has pride and that she wants to try to make her own way. And I think, you know, the 20s obviously weren't as forward thinking, and I don't know how many waves of feminism had happened at that point. Uh, but there's very much, uh, you're just supposed to be my wife and she doesn't want to do that. And as I'm when we get to the end of this movie, you'll see, it's just like, it boggles the mind. So she sees that there's a, 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 an ad for a toothpaste model. Someone who's got nice teeth to be in a toothpaste commercial or ad. Uh, she goes to get, uh, the audition for this and the guy says we're not looking for teeth we're looking for legs and there's a creepy guy who like lifts her skirt with his foot and then says hey she's got nice legs let's get her over to this cabaret i had to ask google what is a cabaret so apparently a cabaret is like a food and dance place like there's shows going on and uh but also there's apparently like a negative stigma about this i think because she does get the job there and people see her that know her and they're like what are you doing here you need you shouldn't be in a place like this even though guys like old dude and young are seen in a place like this although young dude isn't only comes to find her so she gets her job she's essentially she just hands out flowers and there's a couple points in this movie where I'm wondering if this is a brothel because there are private rooms 
where people are making out. She keeps looking back at them as these strangers are making out. And there's some other stuff that makes no sense. Like, that's just downright confusing. Let me look at my notes. Oh, I do have a note here. So this cabaret, I noted it's an upscale Hooters. It's like Hooters, but everyone's dressed nice. It's but legs as opposed to Hooters. Uh, so she works here. And, and as she's working here, I, there's like a, a point in the movie where I'm like, maybe this is a subplot of what she'd rather be doing. Cause she's just really delivering flowers to the guests. Uh, but there's a bartender who's making cocktails. And as we remember from the party before, she enjoys making cocktails. So I, I thought maybe that would be her pad. No, they, there's nothing there. So one day she's working and she sees old dude at a table. Uh, so old dude has her sit down at the table and the manager sees this and he's not happy about this. Now the manager is just some turd that's briefly in the movie, but he's not happy. Doesn't matter. You know, that, whatever. Um, and while they're having this meal together or they're talking about, uh, he's, tr oh, okay. So there's a scene that I don't know if it happens. Okay. Because they're sitting and eating. And at one point old dude gets up and takes her to remember those secret rooms in the back where people are making out brings her into one of those rooms, which again makes me think this is a brothel. And then he starts forcing herself himself upon her and she escapes, but then it immediately cuts back to them at the table. And it does this like crossfade where you think maybe it's a dream. And I don't know why that's there. And there's another point where something like this happens and it throws me off completely because when it happens again, it's not a dream. And if, but the way it's played is like, She's imagining what the future could be. You ever seen Savages? It's a horrible movie. I know that seems like it's out of left field, but it applies if you've seen it. Anyway, so that weird scene happens. I don't even remember where it was in, chronologically in the movie because it just comes and goes. And then it doesn't have any weight on anything. She never uh, accuses him of being in, inappropriate and... The rest of the, so I, at this point, I think it's a dream and I don't, and to spoilers, I don't ever get any, uh, closure on that. We never really see whether that actually happened or not, because frankly, that's a big deal. So young comes to the restaurant. It's taken me forever to get to this dude. So he shows up and now she has turned her attention to young and old dude doesn't like this too much, but he writes her a note basically saying, Hey, I'm your fr I'm a good friend. And when you need something, let me know. If you need anything. And then he walks away and leaves. <sighs> so Betty, again, that's the main, the protagonist. There's some bad dancing in this movie. Uh, I was so tempted to record it and it just, it's awful. But Betty starts dancing in her seat and really starting to enjoy the cabaret. And this, again, pisses the young guy off. I don't know why, but he's mad again. He's mad that she's enjoying herself. He literally says that he's like, I'm not just mad because you're in a place like this, but you seem to be enjoying it. And there's that negative connotation that comes with this cabaret. So this pisses him off again. She runs or he runs. She tries to catch him, but 
uh, he gets stopped. She gets stopped by the manager. So she goes to see uh, old boy now. And he, you know, she's like, hey, I, you said you could help. I need your help. And he's like, yeah, uh, problem. I'm going back to America tomorrow. Well, she's from America. Remember, they're in Paris. Okay. But she's from America. So she's like, let me tag along and I'll go home with you. Now, they're taking a car ride to the, the boat. And this is where that other flashback comes in. Where I'm not sure it's a flashback because they're, they're in the car. It cuts to the room on the boat that they are staying in. And she imagines some things, not even, it's really, they're just checking in. It's not even like he's like trying to assault her again, but she, at least I feel like she's imagining these things. And then it cuts back to them in the car. And that's, what's confusing me because they're driving in the car to the boat. We see a scene in the boat and now we're back in the car and then it cuts back to the boat. So old dude is with her, but he goes off to get something. I don't know what. And young guy shows up now who again is probably going to be mad about something here in a second. He comes in. She's like, Oh my gosh, you're saving me. You don't know what it's like with this guy. You don't know who he is. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You're right. I don't know who this guy is because I can't tell if you're having flashbacks about him being a rapist or if that actually happened. So the way, I don't know if she thinks that her daydreams are reality, maybe. I'm not trying to victim blame, but you got to give me some clarity in this movie because, again, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's real and what's not. Speaking of that, they hear old dude coming. So she dumps young in the bathroom. Old dude walks in and he stands there knowingly and coming to his side is Pops. So apparently Pops has paid old dude to keep her from getting married to young dude the whole time. And I don't know where physically assaulting her came in in the deal, but, or if it happened. And now though, after everything, Pops is cool with, okay. And at this point she finds out that they're still rich and she's mad for a moment and happy they're rich pretty much right afterwards. And, but at this point, they're like, wow, it's fine. You guys can date and be married now. And she's like, uh, then they have like a small argument about who's going to arrange it again. And then we close credits. It's the end of the movie. This movie, man, it's so boring and it doesn't make any dang sense. Like at least some of the other boring movies had i'm not even gonna say continuity but like easy virtue i don't remember it being just like wrong like not the plot doesn't make any sense to me the motivations of the characters it's bad okay this is a bad one you can skip it but guess what i have one silent movie left just one, and I am ready to get it over with. Uh, it is called, uh, and I let me find the date. 
So this came, this next movie came out in 1929. As I said, it's his last silent film. Thank you. Although the one after this is a hybrid and I have concerns about the movie, uh, the first talkiest, a movie called blackmail. And I'm hoping that it is actually a talkie because apparently it was shot in both silent, which is kind of a rare, because there's in this weird transition and I'll talk about it when I get to that episode, but there's a possibility I might only be able to find the silent version. I pray that's not the case. We're going to be optimistic, though, and pretend it's not for sure. And that say that my next movie, Man, the Manix Man, you might say, how, what, I want to look for that on Google. How do I do that? Well, it's the word the, and the, in one word after that is Manix Man, M-A-N-X, M-A-N. What is it about, you ask? It's a love triangle. Why Why wouldn't it be? A fisherman and a rising young lawyer who grew up as brothers fall in love with the same girl. It's a love triangle. Why? I don't... Is this just like the popular... Is this the superhero movie of the 20s? Love triangles? It must have been because it's all they're pumping out. And it's all Hitchcock is pumping out. And I'm looking at the movies as soon as the talkies start. And they definitely get a lot more like what Hitchcock is known for. And I'm excited for that. But good Lord, man. Anyway, I want to thank you for listening to Hitchcock Chronologically. You can email me at HitchcockChronologically at gmail.com. Take a look in the show notes. There's also a link to a Discord channel where I hang out for the pod, the arc <laughs> for the podcast also known as budget arcade go check it out uh hang out with me we can talk about movies or the fact that uh, yeah but i'm almost done like i can't understate how excited i am to be out of the silent era especially having to sit through one you don't know how important music is to silent movies until it's not there At least I didn't. But once I put on some classical music in the background, it kind (sighs) of set me in a little more even kill. Maybe I would have liked the movie better with some music, but boy. Anyway, did I, I said all my things. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week as we close out the silent era with 1929's The Manics Man.